If you have your Bibles, you can grab them while you remain standing just for a few moments. Flip to Judges, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. So we're going to continue in our current series, or scene rather, that we've titled Judges. Touch the person to the right of you and say, don't judge me. Tell them, say, don't judge me. To the person behind you and say, don't hate the player, hate the game. Like, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I like having fun in church, man. My, my eternity secure. Like, I've got nothing to fear, nothing to fret, man. I got, come on, if Christ is for us, who can stand against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God that we now have in Christ Jesus. So why do we treat church the way we treat it? Because we believe it's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of hope and faith. It's a, it's a celebration. So we, we have fun here. I believe in fun. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Well, abundant life is fun. It's fun. You know, it's funny. I had this person say to me, it wasn't too long ago. They told me my life was boring. You go home every night at 5.30 and you just stay with, you know, at one place with, with your family. And I'm like, and the reference in, in which that they were talking with was, you know, partying and all this stuff. And I said, man, I'm telling you right now, living for Jesus is more fun than I've ever had in my entire life. And I've been on the other side, so I know what it is. I know what it is. And there's nothing more fun than, than knowing him and getting to know him. Here we go. Judges chapter 13, and we're going to start in verse 1. I think I forgot to tell you the chapter, didn't I? <clears throat> chapter 13. It says this, and the people of Israel again, say again. Again, again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. They are now reaping what they have sown. We talked about that a little bit last week. Scripture says that if you sow evil, you'll reap evil. If you sow good, you'll reap good. And so now they are, are sowing the evil that they, they're reaping, the evil what they have sown. And it goes on and it says this, There was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites whose name was Manoah. Well, that sounded pretty good, didn't it? Manoah. I was scared about that word. I was, I was like, Lord, help me pronounce it right. Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Jump to verse 24. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him. And Mahane Dan between Zorah and Eshtal. 
Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray right now, God, that the word that you've given me, I pray I would articulate it exactly the way it needs to be articulated so that your people can hear it and receive it. That, God, we be challenged by it, shaped and molded by your word this morning, I pray. Let us write it on the tablets of our hearts. Lord, let us receive the way you want us to receive. Help us to live the way you want us to live, Jesus. And we love you. And we worship you. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Before you're seated, high five five people. Tell them this. Say, be hungry, not choosy. Be hungry, not choosy. What's up, CWC? How y'all doing this morning? Are you good? Yeah. Say, be hungry, not choosy. Be hungry, not choosy. So how many of you came this morning expecting something from God? How many came expecting God to, to give you a gift and give you himself? Did you, did you come expecting you should come inspecting. See, see, Scripture says this, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no shadow or variation due to change. Meaning simply this, that God loves to give his children gifts. And every single gift is good and it's perfect. Every single one of the gifts are are from him and they're good and they're, they're perfect. And, and what this is saying, that there's no variation or shadow due to change, meaning he was this way at the beginning of time. He was this way at Samson's time. And he's this way now in our time. Amen. Yeah. This is how he still is, is today. And it's incredible to serve a, a, a God like we serve him. So you see some gifts up here. How many like gifts? Do you like gifts? I know I like gifts. Amen. Amen. But we really should come to church expecting from God, expecting a gift, expecting him to show up and move on our lives. And do you know one of the reasons why we don't experience Jesus, why people don't, is because they don't expect anything from Jesus. That, that's, that's, the, that's the reason. See, see, Jesus says this, you receive not because you ask not. In other words, closed mouths don't get fed. <laughs> closed mouths won't get, won't get fed. And so, man, we need to open our mouths and, and ask God for, for whatever it is he has for us. Jesus also says this. He says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. You're going to be filled. And because Jesus is the righteousness of God... Another way to say that would be those that hunger for Jesus and seek Jesus will receive something from Jesus. Real simple. Th those that, that are hungry, touch your neighbor, say, I'm hungry. Tell them, say, I'm hungry. You really might be hungry because <laughs> you didn't eat breakfast. I know I'm hungry. <laughs> touch them again. Say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Those that hunger for Jesus will receive something from Jesus. Amen. This is incredibly encouraging. And here's the thing that I've found about hungry people, by the way. Hungry people ask for something to eat. Huh. They, they, they really do. They don't keep their mouth shut 
about their hunger if they think you have some food to give them. They, they just won't. Any of you ever worked in a soup kitchen or a feeding program with actually real hungry people? Not most of the hungry people we see in the lot, but really hungry people. See, hungry people don't, don't care what you, what you have to eat. They just, they just want it. Whatever it is, I want that. Why? Because they realize the necessity of food. That if they don't eat, they will die. It's literally that simple. If you don't eat, you're going to die. And so hungry people, man, they just want whatever it is that you have. But, but choosy people, choosy people are, are, are different. But, but hungry people, see, there's, there's people who are actually hungry. But then there's people that say they're hungry. And then you have something for them to eat. And they're like, mm, yeah, I'm a vegetarian. Like... <laughs> I'm on keto. Like, I mean, whole 31 for me, man. Like, but I'm hungry, but I'm only hungry for, for this or, or for that. See, these people, they're not hungry. They, they are choosy. They're a choosy people. However, people that, that say, man, whatever you have, I want that. I don't care. I don't care if it's a bean burger, a hamburger, a ham sandwich, a hot dog, or a cold dog. I just want whatever dog you have to give me. And as a, as a godly people, we have to be a hungry, a hungry people that say, God, whatever it is you have, I want that. Whatever it is you are, whatever it is you're saying, whatever it is you're doing, whatever you're giving, God, I just, that's what I want. That's what I want because I'm, I'm hungry and I'm not even worried about what the it is because I trust you. And I trust that whatever it is that you give me, it's exactly what I need in the moment that I, that I need it. I don't, I don't care what the it is. As long as the it is from you, I'll take it. Hungry people realize their necessity for food. And as godly people, we have to realize our necessity for him. We have to realize that without him, we can do absolutely nothing. Apart from him, we can't do anything at all. We, we live and we move and we have our being only in, in him. We've got to realize that we can't live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We have to realize that we need him and we need the gifts that he, that he gives. You know, the psalmist wrote it this way. He said, without you, my soul was cast down into the pit. With you, it's heaven. Without you, it's hell. I just want whatever it is you have for me. Man, we, we've got to be, we've got to be a hungry people. Saying, Jesus, I, I want you. I want the gift, and I want whatever it is that you want to give me. A hungry people aren't a choosy people. Touch your neighbor. Say, be hungry, not choosy. Tell them, say, be hungry, not choosy. You know, my kids, they're, they're a trip, man. And I love my kids, right? At least I should, anyway. Hallelujah. Good job, pastor. Way to go. You're doing really well with life, man. I want to model myself after you. But they kill me sometimes, right? My kids do. They kill me. And what I mean by that is like, they'll come up to me and they'll say, hey, daddy, you're going to get me a gift for my birthday? 
The reason I'm thinking about birthdays because yesterday, my son's birthday was yesterday. Abishai turned four. What a blessing this little kid is. It's hilarious. Did anybody see Julie's post? It was so good. I laughed so stinking hard this morning when I read that. She was like, yeah, this kid is his own force. And I actually think he probably can be a tiger when he grows up. Because you say to him, what do you want to be when you grow up? He says, a tiger preacher. I'm like, like, praise the Lord. That's ferocious. I like it. I like it. But they're funny because they'll come up to me. They'll say, hey, dad, 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 you're going to get me a gift for, for my birthday. And of course me, I'm like, well, yeah, sure, I'm going to get you a gift. And then I pause. And they pause. See, they're waiting for me to say, well, what gift do you want? That's what, the, that's what they're waiting for. But I just stand firm. I'm unshakable. I'm like a rock, like an oak. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's actually so not true. But I, I'll say it. It is just for the story's sake. All right. So like, but it's so funny because we'll sit there and there's this really awkward pause for a moment. Because I can see in their little mind, it's churning. Like, should I ask for exactly what I want or should I just leave it up to chance, right? Like they're counting the cost in their mind. And then all of a sudden they'll muster it up. They'll muster up the strength. But dad, what gift is it? Dad, what gift? What gift is it? See, they, they don't just want a gift. They want the gift that they want, that they want, and they want to use it however they want to use the gift. My kids are a choosy group of kids. Like, they're choosy. And it's funny because, you know, I've been to, to, to orphanages and stuff around the world, and I've got to, to witness a bunch of different things in other, in other countries with these kids who are super needy. And when I walk in there and say, I have a gift, when I say, hey, man, I, I've got a gift, do you, they don't ask me, what gift is it? They don't say, well, well, what do you got for me? Let me, they could care less what the gift is. They're just excited that they, that they got a gift. They're excited that somebody, someone cared enough about them to, to get them a, a gift. They're, they're not choosy. They're simply hungry. They're hungry for it. And as I was thinking about the gifts, because the, one of the things that the, that the Lord is doing here is he's starting to pour out his gifts on his people in a new way. And it's funny because I know we're in this kind of transition season as a church when it comes to, to that. And so the Lord puts this message on my heart about the, the gift. Because remember, I'm going through a year-long series titled The Saga of Salvation. I'm going through books I couldn't just topically do it because I'm in I'm in something here and so the Lord brought us brought us to this story and begins to point out the the gift see see God wants to give us a gift but I wonder if the reason we we don't receive the gift from God is because we're being choosy and not hungry I, I wonder I'm just I'm just spitballing here I'm just spitballing. Take it if it fits. If not, praise God. But, but I wonder if the reason we're not being really used by God is because we're not, we're not hungry people for God. We're not hungry. Instead, we're, we're choosy. Touch your neighbor. Say, be hungry, not choosy. See, we've got to be a, a hungry people. People who say, God, what, whatever gift you have, I, I want that. I want, I want that, God. 
See, a lot of times we, we say the right things, right? We know what to say if we've been around church for any amount of time. We have the Christian cliches down, like, God, use me. We sing songs that way and all that. And that's the right thing to say. But then God will give us a gift to use. And it's, it's actually not the gift that we, that we want. It's not the gift we want. See, God will, will give, us the, give us the gift of hospitality. The hospitality gift where we're really good at welcoming people. People feel so comfortable around us. And, and when they come in, man, their guard just is let down because God has given us the hospitality gift. But us, we've, we've prayed for we prayed for prophecy. We prayed for prophecy, but, but God gave us hospitality. And now we're trying to flip and we're trying to turn and we're trying to distort and we're trying to get to the place of prophecy instead of hospitality. We're, we're flipping this thing all around and we actually will we'll start to try to manipulate the gift to get the gift that we actually want. Because we got hospitality, but man, we want, we want prophecy. That's the one we want. That's the one. We, so we're no longer content with being on the connection staff because we want a microphone to be able to speak over the people. And we just went from hungry to choosy. Now, now we're no longer hungry, but we're, we're choosy. God will, will give us this gift of, he'll give a gift of teaching to you. Some people receive the gift of, of teaching. But see, we, we actually prayed for for preaching. We, we asked for pre We didn't say, God, whatever it is, I want it. We actually prayed specific. God, I want the gift of preaching, but God gives us the gift of teaching, and then he opens up a door for us to lead a small group, but, but we actually wanted Sunday morning. We, we want Sunday morning, and so we try to flip that thing, and we try to hide behind what God said, and, and all these other things, knowing the whole time we're trying to flip and contort to get to the gift that reads the way I want it to read. And because we're a people who want what we want, we forget that God says, when you're faithful with little, then I'll give you much. If you're faithful with the gift I've already given you, if you're faithful with the hospitality, if you're faithful with the teaching, then perhaps one day, perhaps one day, you'll get the microphone to be able to, to start preaching to the people. Maybe... Maybe, but you have to be faithful with what I've already given you. You, you have got to be cool with the gift that I've, that I've given. See, if you're, if you're faithful, if you're faithful with hospitality, super welcoming to the people, understanding how important, by the way, it is to have hospitality. Because if you are, if you are hospitable to people, people ain't going to want to be around us. They want to feel welcome. They want to feel good. They want to feel included. Hospitality, extremely important, but... Because prophecy is more flashy. God, I want, I want prophecy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contort and I'm going to twist. And I'm going to get the gift that, that I really want to get. But God says, if you're faithful with, with the little, if you're faithful with hospitality, one day you might get the mic to illustrate the gift of prophecy. You might. Perhaps. But let's see if you're faithful. You know, it's funny. I've had people actually come to me. And say to me, I really wish I had what God has given you. This is the stuff they'll say. They, they want my gift and they're not happy with, 
with their gift. And here's the thing, what it is is simply this, because God has done amazing things here in all your, all your guys' lives, and, and, and God is moving and touching and drawing people, has very little to do with me. But because they see the success that God is pouring out here, they think they want what, what God has given me. And, and little do they know, though, the first three years of my ministry, the first three years, I led just a, a small group of a few men and I'm not Tom Cruise, and this is not a few good men. Like, you can't handle the truth. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't that. Like, these were rough men. They were in a men's recovery home, and I was the leader of the men's recovery home. And there was just a, just a few of them, just a few at times. And I would spend hours upon hours studying God's word, seeking God for a word from God to give to these men, hoping that one of these words would change their lives. Amen. Did that for, for three solid years for as little as, as three men a lot of times. And what's even worse is they actually didn't even care what I was talking about, by the way. <laughs> like they could have cared less, man. All they wanted was to stay out of jail. <laughs> but because of their life choices, they had to come to this men's home in order to stay out of jail and listen to this Jesus-loving crazy person tell them about Jesus who saved him, redeemed him, and set him free, and how, how God could do it for them as, as well. And this is what they would have to endure <laughs> for however long I gave it to them, too. <laughs> They were stuck there with me. It was great practice, by the way. But this was the first three years of my ministry. And, and can, I, can I be really honest with you? I actually really enjoyed it. It was an honor to be able to share God's word with these men. It, it, was an, it was an honor. And when I look back at those times, some of the time it was an easier time. Because these dudes were rough, man. So they didn't get offended very easily like some I minister to today. Praise God. And don't worry, I'm talking about the people in the second service, not you. So you can go from being mad. Like, you can go from being mad at me right now and say, no, nah, he's talking about somebody else. Like, but man, they were, they would just take it and keep moving and keep moving. But I, I you know what else? I didn't treat it like a stepping stone. That gift wasn't a, a stepping stone for me, that gift of teaching, that period of time. Like I wasn't trying to, to flip it around to get to preaching. Like, I, I wasn't trying to do that. I was enjoying the teaching and the, and, the, and the moment that I was in receiving the gift that God had given to me and trying to make it the fullest that I could make it. I was just talking to somebody last night at my brother-in-law's wedding. And I said, I never understand people who don't take full advantage of whatever they're doing. Like, why wouldn't you put your whole heart into whatever it is you're doing? Because if you're not, it must not be worth doing. That's my thing. And if it's not worth doing, then don't do it. But be so grateful for the gift that God has, has already given you. See, we, we can't treat the gift of God like a stepping stone, but, but sometimes we do. We will fall into this, treating it like this, thinking, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I got teaching, but I'm looking around the corner to get to the, to the preaching. That's what I'm actually doing. And so I'm, I'm cool for now with the, the teaching, but actually I'm trying to get to the to the preaching, I want that, I want that gift. Like, oh, we'll just be faithful for a little bit right here. I just gotta earn my stripes for a little bit longer in this gift so that I can really get to the to gift that I wanna get. And, and here's the danger with being that way. We are never content with where God has us. Paul says, be content in all situations in our lives. Be always content, not complacent, content, they're different. Being thankful and faithful with what 
God has, has given us. We're not content if we're always looking for the next gift. We're no longer hungry, but we're choosy. Touch your neighbor. Say, be hungry, not choosy. Be hungry, not choosy. See, we have to go from a choosy people to a hungry people. And it's tough because of the society we live in. We can have it our way, even at Burger King. Like, we can have it our way everywhere we walk. Everything is built for us to have exactly what we want when we want it. That's what it's for. And I'm not complaining about it, by the way. I like having what I want. I'm going to be honest with you. I enjoy it. So, so what am I trying to say, though, about this? This is what I'm trying to say. A choosy people won't appreciate the gift that God has given them. But instead, they will misuse the gift that God has given them. That's what choosy people do. They misuse the gifts. And the, the story of Samson is a story of someone who was extremely gifted. This dude was extremely gifted. But because he was a, a choosy person, he thought he could choose how to use his gift. This is how he, he was. Because he was a choosy person, he was a selfish person. And because he was a selfish person, he, he misused the gift that God had, had so graciously gifted to him. Now, the crazy thing that I realized with Samson's story, and I've read it, I don't know how many times in my life, but something that I, I realized this time when I was going through it, that it's actually the, the only story of its kind in the scriptures. It's a standalone story, it really is. Meaning... That Samson looked the part he was supposed to play. He looked like everything he was supposed to do. He, he played it, man. He, he demonstrated just the way he looked on the gift that God had given him. He was handsome. He was strong. He was built. He had this long flowing hair. Because remember... God said that he would have been a Nazarite from his mother's womb. That he would be consecrated and separated only unto to him from the moment he was conceived because he was going to, to receive all these incredible gifts from God. Which, by the way, even his, his birth, his conception was a gift from God. Even the birth was because, remember, his mother was barren and could not have, have children. Which actually meant that she was cursed and broken is what it meant back then. You were cursed and broken by God. You, you were cursed. But see, because God loves to take that which is broken and make it whole. Come on. Because he loves to take those that once were cursed and bring about incredible blessings through them. This is what he does here for Samson's mom. And this is not the first time, by the way, that he did something like this. Not the first time. Abraham, his wife Sarah, barren. God calls her to have children. And through her, the nation of Israel, we wouldn't even be here right now all the way into Judges without her, without God, but God birthing through, through her. The, the nation of Israel was birthed through a woman who once was barren, and then all the nations of the world were blessed through this one that once was labeled cursed. He did it again with, with Jacob's wife, Rachel, and did it again with Elizabeth, the, the mother of John the Baptist, these these people that God brought forth out of once cursed people, broken people, brought these incredible blessings to the earth. And, and he tries to do it again. He actually does do it again through, 
through Samson's mom. It's incredible what he did. And so now the one that couldn't reproduce life is the one that's going to produce a life. And this one is going to come to produce life for all, for all the people of Israel. Because again, the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, again. So God has to raise up another judge again, whose name is, is Samson. Samson, to, to help fight for his people, to use his gift to, to save his people. He said he'll begin to save Israel, Samson will. And God says Samson will be, will be consecrated from, from his mother's womb. He'll be a, a Nazarite, which, which, by the way, came with some instructions. How many of you realize that if you want to be consecrated to God, there's some instructions on your life? There's, there's instructions. There's, there's do's and there, there's don'ts. If you want to live fully for God, there's things you will do in order to do this. And there's things you won't do in order to do this. There's instructions to be consecrated. And Samson's no different. And one of the instructions in there that's kind of a little bit mind-blowing, I guess, is you, you, you couldn't cut your hair. Like, you couldn't shave your head. This was one of the things that God had put one of the instructions, the stipulation that was over Samson's his life. He couldn't cut his hair. So, with that being said, here he is. He's got this long, flowing, dark hair. Got this great tan. Got a six-pack, sort of nothing like mine. You know what I mean? Like, not at all. You can't even get a picture here. <laughs> Like this dude was a mountain of a man. He was big. He was strong. It looked like somebody chiseled him straight out the side of a mountain. Like this is what he looked like. This is what he looked like. He looked like a GQ model straight out the magazine. No airbrush, no makeup, no nothing. He was just like this. He, he looked the part that he was supposed to play. And so it makes his story different from all the other stories in Scripture because God usually loves to use those that the world would never use. Take the foolish things of the world to, to confound the wise and the weak things to shame the strong. This is what God typically does. But Samson's story is different than the other stories. Even Jesus, it says this in Isaiah, that his appearance was nothing to be desired. Even the son of God. Meaning that if we seen him, we wouldn't think much of him. Wouldn't think much of him. He's just a normal guy. Like, like everybody else. If we seen him, we wouldn't have said, yep, this has to be the son of God. It has to be because of the way he looks. He, he has to be fully God and fully man because I can see it on him. No, no. Scripture says that his, his appearance was nothing to be desired. Nothing to be desired. Jesus, the son of God, didn't even look the part that he was here to play or perform. He didn't look it, but Samson, Samson did. He, he looked it. As my grandmama say, she would say this. She'd say, look, he's all that in a bag of chips. That's what this dude was. <laughs> all that in a bag of chips. He's incredibly gifted all the way around in his life. He's smart. He's handsome. He's strong. Very charismatic. So people were, were drawn to him because of the gift that God had given him. But, but because he was a choosy person and not a hungry person. Touch your neighbor, say, be hungry, not choosy. Be hungry, not choosy. Because he was a choosy person, he felt like he could choose how he was going to use his gift. He thought he, thought he, could, he could take the gift and, and flip it and, and contort it and, and manipulate it and get it to wherever he wanted to get the gift to and use it for however he wanted to use the gift. 
That's what he tried to do. But here's the thing about the gift. The gift is given to you so that you can worship God with the gift. That's what the gift is for. It's, it's to worship God. The, the gifts are not meant for us to feel good. The gifts are not meant to make us look good. The gifts aren't meant for people to, to look at you and envy what it is you have. The gifts are, are not meant for us to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Like, because I'm gifted this way, then I'm da-da-da-da-da. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's, that's not what the, the gifts are meant for worship. That's why God gives good gifts, perfect gifts to his children, so that we worship him with the gift he's given and being very faithful and grateful for it. Now, a byproduct of having a gift from God is, yeah, it'll make you feel good. It feels great to be used by God. It feels great to receive things from God. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, they may even make us look good. I'm not saying I have too much help with that, but I'm just saying. They may even make us look good. They even might have people looking at you and envying you for the gift you have. We see it all the time. And they can cause us to start thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Like, I deserve this because of this, this, and this. The gifts aren't, aren't meant for that. That's, that's a byproduct of it. See, God gave these incredible gifts to, to Samson because Samson was supposed to worship him with this gift of strength by saving the people of Israel, by protecting the people of Israel, by fighting for the people of Israel against their, their enemies. But, but he manipulated the gift. He, he misused the gift over and over and over. And this gift that he had was, was strength, right? He had this in, he had this incredible strength, upside down, incredible strength. This incredible strength. And, and his strength allowed him to do all of these amazing feats on this earth. One time it says that he actually grabbed a lion and tore it in half. Scripture describes it this way. He said he took the lion and he tore it as one would tear up a goat. Not sure why people are tearing up goats in the Bible, but... <laughs> That's just what it says. Peter would have a field day with these people. Like, my God. Says at another occasion, he killed 30 men with his bare hands. 30 men at one time with his bare hands because of the strength that God had, had gifted to him. Says on another occasion, he caught 300 foxes. Think about that. Caught 300 foxes, took them. Now you can think like, okay, he probably trapped them. He like set up a trap and, and he trapped it. Well, I'll tell you right now, when he grabbed a hold of them to tie their tails together to one another, he'd have had to wrestle down the fox, I'm sure. I don't know. I wouldn't want to find out. Neither should you. Thing to tear you up. But he tied their tails together with a torch in between their tail. Released them. Now, this is, this is, this is tough, man. Released them in his, in his enemy's fields and burn up all their harvest. All these incredible gifts that God given, the, the strength that God given. On another occasion, it said that he killed a thousand men by himself with the jawbone of a donkey. It's incredible. These things that, that he was able to do because of the gift that God had, had given him. But here's the thing. Because he wasn't fully consecrated and surrendered to God, he misused the gifts 
The gifts will get you in trouble if you're not fully consecrated to him. That's why we see these incredibly gifted people in ministry have falls. This is why. Because they're not fully consecrated to him. The gift doesn't leave. The gift doesn't leave. The gifts are without repentance. That's what the Bible says. Although at times I wish they were. I wish they did leave if you were messing up. It'd be really easy then. Say, oh, I'm screwing up in this part of my life. God, forgive me. Boom. But no, no, no. That's not how God works. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't do that. He gives the gift. And then it's on you to stay fully consecrated to him so that you use the gift the way you were meant to use the gift. And Samson, he wasn't fully consecrated, so he misused the gift that God had given him. He used it for his own glory, for his own selfish ambitions, for things that he wanted to do, and he didn't obey God with God's instructions. He had his own ambitions, so he left out living by his instructions. See, Scripture says not to be unequally yoked. We talked about this a little bit last week. Single people, hallelujah. Don't be unequally yoked. This is what it says. Because you put yourself in a tough predicament. And Samson ignored that instruction. And he started to chase after women. This was, this was his, his problem. And because of that, the enemy was able to blind him, bind him, and capture him. Because he wasn't consecrated to God. And he started to misuse the gift. And they did it all through a woman. All through a woman. This man that no other man could ever stand against now finds himself beaten and bound on his way to being defeated. And all this happened because he tried to manipulate the gifts, try to flip and turn the gifts, try to get the gift to do what he wanted it to do, which caused him to live in sin. And the wages of sin is, is death. See, he was a, a choosy person, not a not a hungry person. Church, if we aren't using the gifts to worship God, to worship Him, then we're living in sin. That's the reality of the thing. And, and, and here's, here's the thing, right? We see this over and over in people's lives. You see all these incredible musicians, all the T-Swift, all them people, I don't know if you think her, she's incredible, but I just used her name. She's the first thing that came to my head. Taylor Swift. God gave her that gift of music. That was a God-given gift that she could write songs and do music the way she does it. That's all God-given. And we see this in the music industry a ton. But they misuse their gift for their own selfish gain. We see this with with people all in the entertainment industry, music producers, and they have this incredible gift to bring a story to life. Incredible gift given to them by God, but again, they use it for their own, own gain. Most of them don't even realize that every good and every perfect gift had been given to them from the Father above. They don't even realize, and so they don't even use the gift for, for worship. And here's the thing about, about the gifts. There's all kinds of gifts. There's tons of gifts. There's spiritual gifts. There's natural gifts. But every single one of them, it doesn't matter if it's spiritual or natural. Every gift is from God. Every single one of them. That's what scripture says. Every gift. It doesn't distinct. Like, oh, spiritual gifts are from God, but natural gifts aren't. No, no, no. Every good gift. Every perfect gift. So every gift that we've ever received, whether it's our finances, our time, our resources, our energy, whatever that is. If we aren't using those things 
to worship God with them things, then we're living in sin. That's, that's what the scriptures say. And here's the thing about living that way. If we live that way long enough, the more likely the enemy will be able to blind us, bind us, and defeat us. Just like Samson. Just like him. And here's the thing by the end of Samson's life, right? It's actually an incredibly sad story. It's an incredibly sad story. There's a whole bunch of different ways you could go in that story. I thought about doing it as a, as a parenting story, for real. They weren't raising their child up in the ways of the Lord. They were running and getting women that they weren't supposed to get for him and, and all these other things. Like, so there's tons of ways, but this was the way that God wanted to speak to us about these gifts that he's, he's given. And here he is, an incredibly gifted man, strong, talented. Now he's bound and he's blind and he's about to be completely defeated. But God. <laughs> I'm gonna touch your neighbor, say, but God. But God. See, God is always in the redemption arena. He loves to redeem, and he redeems Samson's life and his gift. And scripture says at the very last moment, when his enemies were mocking him and mocking God and mocking everything that Israel stood for, Samson cried out for God. God, help me just one last time. God, redeem me and bring back my my gift, so that I can use it for you and destroy all these people who are mocking you. In that moment, God restores his gift of strength to him, and he redeems him. Do you know why? Because God is faithful, even when we're not faithful. It's just an incredible thing to live for a God like this. And, and here's what the Lord wants us to simply walk away with today. We have to be hungry for his gifts and ask for his gifts, but not choosy about the gift that he gives us. Ask him for a gift to make sure then that we are thankful and grateful for the gift given, not be wishing for somebody else's gifting. We're not to take and twist and turn and manipulate the gifts that God has given us for our own selfish gains and our own selfish ambitions. But instead, we're supposed to use the gifts to worship him and to live according to his instructions. The gifts are meant for us to be, to use them to cause us to draw closer to him, not push ourselves farther, farther away. But it can happen if we're not fully consecrated to him. And something else that we always have to remember, God will always redeem what the enemy has tried to forfeit. He always will. It's incredible how many times I've found myself in positions because I've manipulated and, and misused what God had given me. And the moment that I hit my face and say, Father, forgive me, he redeems that thing the enemy tried to steal from me. God will always set free who the enemy has tried to bind. He loves taking those who are blind to seeing, lost to found. This is what he, he does. So even when we are unfaithful with the gifts, even when we are ungrateful, because every single one of us at one point in time in our life has been ungrateful for what God has given us. It's natural human, human flesh. So even when we are, we have to realize that, that God is just a word away. Father, forgive me. 
and he'll redeem the thing that we've tried to misuse. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Church, <clears throat> be hungry, not choosy. Be hungry for the gift that God has for you. Scripture says that before the foundations of the world were formed, he created you to do good works, to give you good gifts. And all we have to be is hungry for them, but not choosy from which one he gives us. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray right now that this word would resonate in our hearts. That Lord, we would walk out of this place more hungry, not worrying about what, what choices there are, but rather just hungry for whatever it is you wanna give us. Lord, create in us a right spirit. Lord, help us to consecrate ourselves only unto you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray for your people that this week, as they go about their week and they, they remember to pray for the gift, I pray that they would be thankful and faithful with it. God, I thank you for your people. Lord, we thank you for your touch and we thank you for everything that you do for us every single morning. We thank you that the, your grace and your mercies are brand new every morning. We thank you for it. Lord, cause us to walk upright in your statutes, I pray. Let us recognize what you're doing and what you've done and where you're going so that we can live faithfully for you. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. And it's in, in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen.